0: Uh, and i just want to pose this question maybe sure. how would you characterize your relationship with media in south africa our relationship uh, with media in south Africa. yours specifically not Me- the organization is both uh, complementary and confrontational do you understand why that is it's because where they do well
1: i must compliment and then where they are pushing brown envelope i must confront them i've got a duty as a citizen to make sure that uh, our media hold very high standards because uh, if we don't do so then that is a threat to our uh, constitutional democracy media must hold all of us accountable and it must not take side but the problem is that you've got majority of the media in the private hands and you've got the alternative media in the hands of the state so you don't have a neutral platform that gives information objectively and then we thought the social media will close that gap. The social media, it looks like some people from here also have access to social media. The things they don't like, they either remove or they block you or they close their account. So uh, we, it's a survival of the fittest.
0: Do you acknowledge, though, that these views, as mature as they sound, are the views of the older Malema? The younger Malema held
1: slightly different views no i had the, i held the same views the problem is that but you were very belligerent towards media in your younger days no ways i hold very strong views about the media by the way and i criticize them openly and uh, and i do so with facts mm. i don't just go around uh, attacking people uh, for no reason uh, I, I still hold the same views i, I held then uh, so, I, 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 there's no older Malema and the younger Malema. There, there isn't. I'm, 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 I'm still the same person and I still pursue the same agenda. So, um, um, I personally believe, and for the EFF, it must develop its own alternative media platform uh, and to sell its own message as is, without spreading fake news or uh, lies or anything of that sort. Because the way the media is structured, you can't win if you don't have your own alternative platform. So that will include, and I don't understand why by now we haven't done it, internal communication where a judgment like this is being uh, announced today on CR17 and all of that. And then you get all of uh, backlash in the social media someone internally should be writing a very clear perspective of where we come from and what we seek to achieve and distribute that internally so that members of the eff can know what is the party position and perspective in relation to this not through snippets because that becomes a distorted information and you've got members who can defend their own organizational position because there's no effective internal machinery when it comes to communication, because media is important in pursuing the revolution. otherwise you have people turning against their own liberators, because a message gets distorted in the process and is not effectively communicated.
0: After this, I'm going to give you two examples yeah, uh, of a distinction between young Malema and older Malema. No,
1: which one I but mean, no if, ways, even if on. you bring the BBC one it's still the same <laughs> no white young leads. boy can come before me and do Jajarak things even now you see, I won't allow that you
0: brought it up not me yes. I'll get to it okay. after this okay here you behave or you jump yes. <laughs> you've already brought that right up yes. you know right? No,
1: you can't do it I mean you remember I went to um, 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 the Hawks offices and then there was EWN journalist mm who asked me about the case I have with the policeman? and I said, I wish I had done uh, the real thing. Mm. And then when I turned and left, the way I was engaging him, he he, he became angry and he insulted. He used the soy word.
0: I'm the one that pointed that out, actually. Yes, I resisted until so, I was like, so, so, did so, you just so, use? So
1: that is the older Amalema, same, same. I mean, I don't take nonsense, especially from white people. I I've made it my business. White people who uh, promote whiteness and look down on black people and come up with some superiority attitude. I attend to them even when they are not in my space. Talking to someone, uh, not even me, once I hear that these bullies have started, I enter. And and white journalists in particular, they are racist. They've got a position. Uh, They are pushing, pushing DA propaganda and they want to project all of us as corrupt, uh, as uh, unreasonable, as illiterate, uh, and 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 do that uh, in a proper manner, not in a manner that you're going to belittle me and make me like uh, feel like a small boy. I'm not going to allow that.
0: Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and say, in some instances, what you're saying isn't true, because it is. These are facts. Yeah. yeah. But can you see now how, when you go and insult the entire uh, journalist fraternity, then journalists can then look at you and go, but why does it have to be this way? That's the first thing. Secondly, even social media. Do you remember that when you were still part of the Youth League, you once threatened to shut down Twitter? No, we never threatened. You see? You remember
1: that? No, we never threatened. We said if Twitter continues with what they are doing, we'll call for its uh, uh, shutdown, Mm. right? Uh, So it was a, a statement that we were actually angry with the way they were handling things as as the youth league i do not attack the whole media i take issue with certain individuals and uh, um, um, i've got a lot of respect and very good relationship with a lot of journalists and media houses Uh, but i'll take issue with one or two of them and i'm very specific including analysts and these uh, commentators who speak from their comfort zones I take issues with them, but it doesn't mean I've got a problem with the media uh, entirely. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here. I would be the type of a person who rejects media, who doesn't want interviews, uh, who doesn't entertain media. Media constitute a very important component of our democracy. And that's why I said my relationship with them is both complementary and confrontational. I'm not going to sit back and allow people to destroy the profession of journalism through brown envelopes. If that comes to my attention, I'll confront it. And it's going to be seen as an attack on the media, not as holding the media accountable.
0: And so then with your relationship always being so adversarial with certain members of the media, mm-hmm. because if not all, mm-hmm. uh, it does get to a point where sometimes it will do you a disservice. Majority of your interviews, people not even they don't even get to another the issue because they're too hung up on trying to prove that they're smarter than you. Or I mean, you remember you weren't always the media darling that you yeah. were during the Zuma years. Yeah. Before that, uh, Emil was trying to portray you to be the the guy, the dumb guy, uh, woodwork marks, your metric marks. Uh, then you went and you got a degree, not to prove anything to them, but yeah. then that kind of died down. Then people started uh, referring to you as an anarchist, etc. and so on. But you see, the media, based on what role you are playing within the widely accepted narrative, they will either support you or they'll go against you. I don't need their support. But they did support you at the time when you were calling calling for Zuma to fall. No,
1: I was never a darling of the media. No, you were. No, but when... No, no, you were. You even got tip-offs. You uh, uh, You, you uh, tell us when when, before they happened. I still do, even now. I still Uh, tell you. not now, not now. Okay. I was called an anarchist under Zuma's regime. When the narrative of the woodwork couldn't work, when I was trying to hold Zuma accountable, I was called an anarchist by the same media uh, uh, which defended uh, uh, Zuma. So uh, I was never a darling of the media, and I don't want to be a darling of the media because by extension, I'll be a darling of imperialism. I'm, I'm not that. So I, you know why I don't want their support? They've not made me. Media wrote me off a long time ago The people who write articles still today, they wrote articles about me and buried me and unveiled a tombstone and then did memorial service, everything about me. And I don't say anything. All I do is to pursue my agenda and through action, they get to be proven wrong. So some of them warmed up to me because the idea that I was dead was now becoming a reality that this guy is not dead. I mean, guys like... uh, Uh, Palesamurudu, uh, Feral Havaji, uh, those are the type that wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and just write about me. Even when I've not said anything, I'm in the village because their wish is that this guy must just die. But I will not die because I'm not their product. Feral Havaji wrote a lot of stories about me and corruption in Limpopo and all of that, teared me apart when the ANC destroyed me uh, Karima Brown may soul rest in peace. Celebrated, Karima said on national TV, "He's finished. He's finished. It, it, it will never happen. I'm still here. She's buried, literally. So what was she talking about? So I listen to them. They don't know my game. They don't know my plan. They don't know what I'm here for. They, they've not made me. I'm not their relatives. I don't care about what they say about me. So I do what I have to do, which is fight for my people and i do that excellently well i don't need the approval so whether media likes me or not my do my people love me if the answer is yes i'm happy i'm content i don't have to be liked by a few people who get to be given a script on what to write about who and given by rogue unit and all these rogues who are involved in corruption and scandals but they don't write about them they write about us i mean uh,
0: you no, that one our rogue units is going to ask to hold. Yeah. I want to speak just in broad strokes because even when the interview started, you were speaking about how uh, with Adriana Mazzotti, for example, he's never been charged of anything. Mm-hmm. You often bring this up. And to be quite honest, it is the way to look at things. Because if there's no prima facie evidence against a person and the person's never been charged, or even if they have been charged and the charges were later dropped or they won a case, mm-hmm. then you can't call that person a criminal. Yes. However, the EFF did, and they used to refer to Zuma as a criminal. So, how about that double standard? No, he was declared a constitutional delinquent by the constitutional court. That was before. So, before you guys called him a constitutional delinquent, you used to call him a criminal. All you had then were just allegations and no charges. No, we're
1: pursuing him. We're not just talking. Yeah, unlike but, just talking. But, but about, what
0: evidence were you using to call him a criminal? That's why
1: we won against him. We never lost a case against Zuma.
0: You haven't got a criminal case against him. Come again? You haven't got a criminal case against him. No, you? You've never they, won that, but you but called him a criminal nonetheless. If you
1: don't comply with the constitution, you are a criminal. Mm. You have to be a constitutional compliant president who respect the the, the, the rule of law. And that's what we're saying. Uh, and we took Zuma on about it, and we won uh, all, all the time. We didn't go see corners like they do with Mazotti. Uh, we went to open cases against Zuma. You know this acting uh, minister of health is one of the people who were calling that uh, pool, that Zuma's house fire pool. Today they are the most opponents of Zuma. These ones who were calling the pool fire pool when we called it with its rightful name. So uh, uh, we opened cases uh, about all of those things, uh, and 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 we pursued those those matters. So. Uh, You can't compare with Mazzotti's arrangement where people talk in the corners and they never go and open a case or pursue a guy.
0: Well, you can, but that's not the point I'm trying to get to. The point I'm trying to get to is that you then often make the points that media can try you and besmirch your image without any tangible evidence or prima facie, if you want to use a legal term, uh, and then just leave it at that. Yes. Uh, And these are things that politically make a difference. So even if you don't end up in jail, even if there ends up being no charges against you, Mm -hmm. the fact that you've just been arrested and then they later go, wow, we're dropping the case. The NPA says there's no prosecutable evidence here. Uh, It does paint you in some type of light.
1: No, it's a permanent uh, dark cloud. Mm. And uh, that is called abuse of state power. That's what Zuma did to us. Zuma arrested us for politically disagreeing with us. And, uh, and uh, the journalists were more than happy to collaborate with him. I mean, a lot of these journalists were with Zuma and Pravin served under Zuma and uh, Trevor Manuel served under Zuma. All of them uh, served under him and served him. Uh, uh, and today he is what he is. But the point we're making here is that we don't operate like journalists. Once we make a pronouncement on a person, mm-hmm. we pursue that particular agenda we don't just throw things loosely around people we go to court we go to the police praveen godan we said things about him we went to open cases against him uh, we gave the police uh, all types of evidence we have you know what happened police come to me and say we want the evidence you said you have on praveen i'm like guys when i came to open a case against praveen i gave you a file the file had everything Today, police don't have that file. Uh, they're now looking for file from me after I gave it to them. Uh, so so we don't just talk. We open cases and then we give evidence. Journalists just write and they even forget the road about it. When you ask them in future, they say, which one? Because they're not interested in getting the truth. They're pursuing a certain narrative.
0: Now, you're also the same person who has also criticized uh, our judiciary in certain aspects. Now, I'm not silly enough to say that just because you criticize one element, means you must throw away the entire system. Of mm-hmm. course, that would be silly. But you are the same person who has, in some instances, not demonstrated faith in our judiciary and our justice system, including uh, you know, uh, the matters of the law. You mentioned now that, for example, we opened a case uh, and the docket disappeared. Uh, and this is something that we know happens in South Africa. People do tamper with the legal process. And so then where do we strike the balance between Knowing those have been accused but perhaps may never get charged because cases disappear in the ether somewhere, and that the case just, because the case has disappeared, doesn't mean that person is innocent. Mm -hmm. That's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing that there's certain things where we can point out and go, look, we may not have evidence, but it's likely that this did happen. Where do we draw the line between those two? Because a lot of instances where, I'll just speak about you, for example, wherever people have tried to accuse you of corruption, the evidence has always been circumstantial. They'll say the card was in your proximity, yes. card was never in your hand, you know what I mean? Yes. The money was paid to your cousin, your brother. Mm-hmm. It's your cousin, it's your brother. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. No, the, the,
1: we need law enforcement that has got teeth and it bites and it doesn't look at who's the accused. Um, once we have a, a, a law enforcement that is biased, then forget about judiciary because that which is going to end up at the judiciary will be distorted facts or it might not even arrive at the judiciary. I've got 110% faith in our judiciary, but it doesn't mean I, I can't criticize them. It doesn't mean I can't criticize judges. Judges are not above the constitution. The constitution is above judges. Judges must comply with the constitution. And where judges have erred. We're going to challenge them. I'm a member of the Judicial Service Commission, and through my questioning style in the Judicial Service Commission, when we hire judges, some of them will seek uh, promotion. I take them through their judgments, and I take them head on. I make them to be accountable. So in discharging that responsibility, I should not be viewed to be an anti-judiciary type of a person. I'm not. One person once said to me, "Julia, Julia is the way. You're confronting judges. One day when you appear before them, they will not have mercy on you. And I said, let me tell you, if I get arrested and judges send me to jail because I stole, my conscience will be clear, I stole. If judges want to take me to jail because they don't like me holding them accountable, even if they don't have evidence against me of any wrongdoing, they just don't like my politics, let them take me to jail. My conscience will be clear that I'm in jail. I've not done anything. And the only crime I would have committed was to hold the judiciary accountable. That's what I'm doing. So I have no problem with the judiciary. But before we even get to judiciary, we need to get law enforcement in order. There's a big problem in this country. Cases have got eyes. If it's so and so, they don't get charged. If it's so and so, they get charged. Some of them, their charges get withdrawn, Uh, uh, when you try to reinstate them judges arrive at different conclusions on the same matters because of who is appearing before them what do we do in that instance we don't get tired we don't get tired we keep on fighting you lose cr17 statements you don't get tired money is nothing we can sell the 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 last thing we have in the eff to get justice to be done what matters is justice. we don't care about money, so no amount of money or intimidation will make us to be tired. We we'll are focused on getting the powerful accountable. I've made it my business personally to take the snake out of the hole. That's my
0: business thank you very much for holding honour c i c good
2: afternoon South Africa has a very complex political setup, right? Yeah. Voting out a political party is not the only solution, right? Yes. But we also have to understand the rules and those that make the rules. There's a very, uh, 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 there's a very, uh, there's a gap in understanding that as a citizen. And that's where our intelligence falls, that gap that we found ourselves in the past three weeks.
0: Okay, so, so what's, so so what's your question?
2: Like,
0: what's your question? Let's get okay. to your question because I need to My move question
2: on. question okay, does Julius understand the risks associated with a borderless country, the risk of illegal immigrants, cyber securities, disease prevention, all the risks that that comes with having a broader, a, 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 a borderless cross-border country.
0: Thank you very much. And Thank you very much. Esteban, hey, he's taking too long to get yeah. to this question, but
1: let's try. <laughs> well, uh, we are one thing, mm. um, and we've always been, and you can't be an anti-colonialist and support a colonialist setup. These borders were imposed on us by colonizers, and uh, they remain exactly what the colonizers want the europeans have got their own setup uh, which they don't have for us Mm.
3: here
1: the unity of africa is very important because it's a direct threat to imperialism and they don't like it if these borders were useless the imperialists would have gotten rid of them long time ago Mm. They are saving the agenda, and that agenda is to divide and conquer Africa and continue to steal its minerals. So the unity of purpose of Africans is very important. So uh, when we go to Guiani in Limpopo, not even from Jobe, when I leave Polokwane to Guiani and there's a problem of food and mouth, police block the road there and they check us whether we're not carrying any type of meat and this type of thing. So there's also disease control management in the country, Mm. which will still apply when the continent is one. You don't cease to have disease management control uh, in the country because now uh, the continent is one. Therefore, sick people are going to come from this way. If there are people who come from malaria areas, we'll find a way of how do we ensure that they are compliant with certain uh, protocols of controlling malaria. So it's easy like that.
0: So being the economic freedom fighters, right, mm-hmm. uh, surely you do acknowledge that within the economic fights, there's certain steps and ways in which you can manage things. Mm-hmm. If you already have a domestic issue economically, uh, I'm not saying don't allow any foreign nationals to come to your country, but it does exacerbate an already existing issue, Right. So, Julius Nyerere used to speak about this, for example, mm. and you are speaking about Tanzania, saying, even in an economy, you protect the weak until they're strong enough to get into the ring and fight, right? Uh, and so, if we feel that South African citizens are already disenfranchised along racial lines, class, et cetera, and so on, how much more than when you add other people that are competing for the same resources?
1: That question might be laid because those people are already here. Mm-hmm. The people who want to be here are here. Mm. Um, If Lesotho people, Swaziland people, Mozambique, uh, Zimbabwe, or any other place in the continent want to be here, they they always find their way
0: here.
1: Mm. Uh, And then because uh, of this border arrangement, then they get subjected to serious humiliation. But the people are already here. Why waste time on sticking to things that are gone? I mean, you guys have got a gate without a fence. So why do you want to maintain such a gate when you
0: don't have a fence? No, that may be true, but yes. especially coming out of the last two weeks that we come from, where people are to the point where unrest is unavoidable, right? When you preside and govern over people, you need to think about their views as well. And by the way, you know how I feel about this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I'm open to uh, all sorts of foreign nationals coming to any country, just like I would like to go to any country, mm-hmm. right? Provided that we follow the correct protocol legally. And, uh, But if people feel like already resources are scarce and it's already a tense situation, we've seen a flare up of xenophobic violence in the country, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Do you not feel that certain utterances, when uttered a certain way, because wording is important, can then further incite that violence and make a situation even worse to govern?
1: No, we are fine. We are are doing just well. I mean, uh, these foreigners, whether they are here or not, the jobs are not here. Uh, You've got an economy where the controllers of the economy are refusing to reinvest in that economy. It's not foreigners who are refusing to reinvest in that economy. It is those who control the means of production. So we can take all these Zimbabweans and put them uh, in a bus and take them home and all of these foreigners will still remain poverty-stricken. The inequality will still be there because it is not the foreigners who are taking the biggest chunk of our economic opportunities. It is the white minorities who are refusing to release. And you are scared of the main
0: people, you are going for the weak. Yes, but you may understand that. Yes. It doesn't play out that way though on the ground.
1: No, I have to I have to preach it because someone has to start it. Someone has to educate society about it. And if it means losing vote, so be it. Well, it's not more be, than losing votes because a misunderstanding
0: lose, could mean losing lives and we, often does. We we have to educate our
1: people that the biggest people who have stolen our economic opportunities is not our fellow African brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. It's these Europeans who came here and stole our land and stole our mineral resources. And those are the people who should be confronting, who are barking at the wrong door.
0: Okay. No, I agree with you. Yes, uh, but we'll also get to the nub of the issue about how where wording can then also further exacerbate the situation that's already bad, as we saw over the last two weeks in the country. Snega, in kakiso.
3: Uh, how's it?
0: Grand, baboena.
3: Good. My name is I'm I'm gonna go straight to, to the point. Now, I believe in in practicalities and. I buy the stories of EFF, although I'm not an EFF member, uh, but the story is the same. The black people's story is the same. Um, even if I start the party tomorrow, my agenda would be the same as the one of the ANC and the one of the EFF. My question is, while you are waiting to take the government, if it will happen, um, if it's going to happen, you've got numbers as we speak. You've got a uh, thousand numbers. The uh, And I, I take those members as as... as, as as a government, somehow, they've got an economy. Why don't you, in the meantime, pilot what you are saying you're going to do when you're in government? For an example, EFF can have its own bank. Instead of you going to fight with your APSA, your Standard Bank, about how they operate, EFF can start their own bank. In the meantime, if there's a mall that's going to be built somewhere, EFF, through its membership, they can say, we have so many people who've got 250,000 members, for an example, um, if each one of you, I'm, I'm being practical, contribute this much, that mall is going to be built in Zira, in Gartis, or in Limpopo. Members of EFF can actually be beneficiaries of that mall by putting hundreds runs together. We buy shares from that mall. The mall belongs to EFF. So, I'm saying in the meantime, while you're waiting, why don't EFF pilot some of these things? Is it possible for you to do that, guys? What are you waiting for? If, there are, if you're going to be in government in the next 20 years, in okay. Snega. Yeah.
0: Back, 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 back. I I thanks. I think we hear you. I want to take another question. Just keep, remember yeah, remember sure. this one. I'll take another and then you can answer both of them back okay. to back. Lula Mille in Siboking.
2: Hi. How are you, brother?
0: Ah, uh, we well. Thank you very much, Bob.
2: Yeah. Uh, thanks, Julius, for coming, man. I just want to check, Julius. Mm. What is it that is going to take for us to get our land back? Do you have any program of action? Secondly, the state capture oh. commission. I haven't seen any white people, the white monopoly, appearing in that commission. And when are they going to get arrested? Because they don't have contracts to claim that they have this land.
0: Thank you very much for that. Well, uh, I think
1: that uh, with regard to the commission, it looks like you get invited there by the investigators and uh, through the secretary of the commission. And anyone else who is implicated uh, will have to be uh, invited. Um, And it's true that we have not seen the owners and the captains of the industry appearing before the commission because it can be that corruption happens with government officials alone. Uh, It is the the, the corrupt uh, arrangement between the state and private capital. But... The people who have successfully seen appearing in their majority are from government, and uh, we haven't seen much with regard to the owners of the economy, which are the real estate capturers, those ones because they control uh, the state. The land, if the ANC doesn't want to occupy, I mean, amend the constitution, it would leave our people with no option but to occupy the land, yeah, because. Uh, The argument we're having with the ANC is that, you know, an unled revolution is anarchy. And we don't want anarchy. And you can see where the people are going now. So if you're going to continue the way you're continuing, people are going to lead you. But they are refusing to listen. And uh, it looks like very soon we'll be voting for the constitutional amendment with those artificial amendments of the ANC, which are not significant and do not tamper with the constitution that much. The EFF is going to establish uh, its own company, the process that is led by the uh, TG. Uh, I think they are almost at the tail end. We'll have our members being at the center of running uh, those types of uh, projects. And we agree that uh, uh, we are a government in our own right because we're governing our own lives. So we don't have to uh, wait to be an official government and therefore starting with beneficial projects which seeks to benefit primarily your members but by extension African black people. Uh, That is what is at the center of what uh, we are going to do. We have made it very clear in the establishment of that company that no tendering uh, and no engaging in sectors that are labour exploiting and uh, Uh, Also sectors that are in uh, contradicting what the EFF stands for. Uh, So, so I think they will have a a difficult task. But uh, we don't want to hear that the EFF companies involved in some tender scandals.